Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. I'm going to need a glass of water, so if you'll just excuse me for a second. I'm back. <clears throat> Have you ever thought or wondered why God selected a group of people like the Jews or the Hebrews as they were known, why God selected Abraham and why God made a covenant with him and why they have existed for so long here on this earth, why they were the only ones that were particularly given. The Old Testament covenant with all its customs, regulations, with all its ordinances, and then at the same time they were given the law and they were given by God a social order of judgments and statutes and, and things on how to live one with another, how to live uh, with their God, and then also how to worship. When you stop and consider some of these things, that would also include the, the type of worship that was involved. And that included the shedding of blood. According to Hebrews 9.22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Now we know from Leviticus, uh, the scripture, I believe it's uh, 17.11, the scripture says that in the blood itself is the life. But not only in the blood is there life, there's something special of blood about the blood itself that uh, we need to consider. And that is what God told the nation of Israel through the Levitical priesthood. He said that for the life, and, and that word for life is nephesh. That is the exact same word when God breathed in, into Adam, into his nostrils, and uh, he breathed into him the nephesh. The life of the flesh, the nephesh, is the blood. And I have given it, talking about the blood, to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Now, if we just consider for a second exactly what has been said here, it is amazing. The blood is what is going to make the difference for this nation and the offering of blood upon an altar. But it couldn't just be any blood, and it couldn't be just at any time, and it couldn't be just any way that they wanted but they were given a specified set of ordinances of how to do it. Now, all of this was set forth to be shaped, uh, <clears throat> to be uh, uh, figures and types, similitudes and patterns that would foreshadow the coming of Christ. He would be every one of the sacrifices. He would be the pattern for which each one would be fulfilled. He would be the reality. 
He would be the substance of what they were following. To them, it made no sense basically why they had to do it certain ways and follow certain patterns. But Christ being the real thing, being the better covenant, the better promises, the better mediator, the intercessor, the advocate, being the true high priest, being all of these things, gives us an understanding as to why it was given to them. Now, we see that the blood has been given to make atonement for the soul. In the book of Isaiah, we're given some very astounding uh, views of Jesus being the sacrifice on our behalf and pouring out his life, his nephesh, on our behalf. Now, starting in verse number 3, it says, He is despised and rejected, Isaiah 53, verse 3, and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him smitten, uh, stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, the different offerings that were offered could have been in, uh, whether depending if, if, if you had the, the funds for it, uh, or, or if you didn't, as simple as little doves or pigeons, or they could have been as uh, expensive as uh, bulls and uh, sheep and, and uh, goats and, and all kinds of other animals that God required of them. But in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, we, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So on Jesus, through the process of substitution and transference, that's why the priest laid his hands on the animals, uh, or they made the people that were bringing in their sacrifices lay their hands. And of course, uh, in the book of Hebrews also, we have in chapter 6 about the doctrines and the principles of the laying on of hands, of judgments, of uh, faith and dead works, and all of these things that are involved in Hebrews in chapter 6. Uh, we can read from verse 1 roughly to about verse number 6. And we can see that upon Jesus was not only our sin laid upon our iniquity, which we can have, uh, or we can have, uh, we can find in the book of Second uh, Corinthians in chapter five, in verse twenty white, uh, verse twenty one, he made him sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. But as we continue to read in Isaiah, it says in Isaiah 53, in verse number 7, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. John identified him as the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Uh, Paul uh, identified Jesus as the Passover lamb for us. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before shears 
is dumb and does not open his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Now, this is a prophetic description about roughly 700 years before Jesus appeared on the scene. And this is what Isaiah saw. He saw this, but yet look at verse number 10. This is uh, Isaiah 53, 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Now let's read that again. For thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. The word there. Uh, for soul is the word nephish that takes us back to what we were reading earlier. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. The word life is the word soul or nephish or life itself. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your nephish, for your soul. So the life of the flesh, the life of our physical flesh is in the blood. And that blood is counted worthy then to be placed upon the altar, at least for the animals it was. But Jesus was going to, just as he foreshadowed and typed and was a type of these uh, sacrifices, he was going to be our substitute. Upon him was going to be laid our iniquity. And he was going to shed his blood on our behalf. Now, not only was he going to shed his blood on our behalf, but the scripture literally says he was going to pour it out for us. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Verse 11, God is going to see the travail of his soul, of his nephish, and many shall be satisfied, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge, and my righteous servant is going to justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. I will divide him, verse number 12, a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the strong, because he has poured out his soul. He has poured out his nephish unto death. And he was numbered with transgressors. He bore the sins of many. He made intercession for the transgressors. See, so Jesus winds up being our high priest, winds up being our intercessor, our mediator, winds up establishing a better covenant. And he winds up be, being the very sacrifice for our behalf. He poured out his life. 
literally on that cross. His life as he bled, the life of the flesh, was little by little coming to the point of death. Because his soul, his blood, his life was being poured out as a sacrifice for you and I. Therefore, in the book of Hebrews, it makes sense when we read in Hebrews 9.22, And almost all things are uh, are by the law purged with blood. The giving of these things was for the purpose to point forward to the future of the coming Messiah that would be the Lamb of God, that would be the scapegoat for us, that would shed his nephesh, his blood, his life on the cross. And that would make not only a covering for sin, but it would make it possible for remission and forgiveness of sins where even the conscience of the comer would be made pure and clean. And that is one of the most wonderful things about the gospel, that when we come to Christ and we lay our burden of sin and iniquity upon him, that not only are we forgiven and receive remission of sins, but the slate is wiped clean. He does not and will not remember them. God will not bring them back up again. They are put at the bottom of the most profound abyss in the sea. That is what the blood of Jesus did for us and does for us and will continue to do for us and for any and all individuals that come to Christ in faith, believing that by his blood alone, by his work on the cross alone, by trusting and believing on him alone, apart from any other shape or form or way of trying to get into heaven, it is by faith and trust in Christ alone and only in him. Faith in that blood, the Apostle Paul says in Romans, having put our faith in that blood, our confidence in that blood, that it truly makes atonement. It truly makes the covering, uh, not only for our sins, but it truly forgives completely. And that blood was applied in heaven to the heavenly temple and its heavenly utensils or heavenly uh, 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 things that were there. And upon the heavenly mercy seat, once and for all and forever, the blood of Christ was applied for you and me to always speak good things that they are forgiven. Every single time that we sin, we can and will be forgiven because the blood of Christ speaks better things than the blood of Abel and the blood of all those sacrifices that were made on a daily basis. The blood of Christ speaks life, remission, forgiveness forever and forever. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.